Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. All right, welcome to another episode Yo. of the Blue Bloods College Game Time. Man, it's week 11. Wow. It's Trey Smith. It's your boy, Brandon Holmes, man. Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time Podcast. Podcast for the fans, by the fans. We started at week zero, mm. and here we are, dude. This has been a mm. fast, fast, fast season. Too fast. Man, I'm sitting here looking at some conference standings right now as we're kind of getting to that last little stretch. It's like we're on the last 100 meters of the college football season before we get to bowl season. And, man, I'm looking at Houston. Houston and the American Athletic. It, it, it's going to be them and Cincinnati in that conference yeah. championship. Like, we haven't talked about Houston. No one's really talking about Houston. They've just quietly crept to 9-1, and 7-0 and conference record. Um, you know, we were big on SMU, uh, but Houston took care of them, and it's, it's huge on SMU. It, it appears, it appears the table is being set for possibly an eleven and one Houston versus a twelve and zero Cincinnati in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. But Cincinnati still has to play SMU, so um, <clears throat> got some big games in the SACC right. upcoming next week. Um, Wake yeah. and Pitt could Conference both title clinch. championships aspirations. Uh, Baylor, yep, they made a case yesterday, beating OU. Now that Bedlam game's gonna carry some significant weight as to who Huge. plays. Because I believe Oklahoma State has the tiebreaker over Baylor, but Baylor has the they tiebreaker do. now over OU. But I probably need to do a little more research on this because I think the Big Twelves tiebreakers are are a little bit different i'm still assuming that the head-to-head takes priority over everything but i don't know if you caught and then scoring say it again yeah because you saw how like after that yeah he kicked the field goal yeah (laughs) because that was the whole thing yeah right because lincoln riley was Mm -hmm. all butthurt about that and then aranda was like whoa uh, it's it's the conference tie-breaking rules like that's why we kicked the field goal we won't you know right um <laughs> big 10 we've been like talking about the big 10 that's my whole mentality we've been talking oh, about how the big dude, 10 it comes gonna... down to the next two weeks the next two weeks in the big 10 are next week's game ohio state versus michigan state really is going to determine how big the game is on thanksgiving day weekend man um that is like Ohio State has two big back-to-back games to play. So does Michigan State, though, because Penn State's not a tough out either. I mean, they're not an easy out. So, right, it's it's, it's coming down to two weeks, man. Big Ten's uh, SEC too, man. They had a big game last night, A and M versus Ole Miss. Yeah, huge game. That played 
I mean, that played a lot on what's going to kind of probably happen over the next couple of weeks. I mean, Georgia's Georgia, but it's interesting to see what's going on in the SEC. Well, the the SEC West, man, which is usually just a one or two horse race, now all of a sudden it's it's become. I mean, I guess at this point it's Ole Miss and Bama. Bama still controls their own destiny, but mm-hmm. they've got Arkansas, which look they should win. They've got Auburn, and I've been saying this for weeks now. Despite how bad Auburn looked yesterday, I've just had this feeling that they've got a chance in the Iron Bowl this year. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. You're it's just a feeling. It, and, and I know, again, it's it's the complete opposite of how I've started the season where no one's beating Bama. But right. <laughs> <laughs> And call me crazy. Call me crazy. But I'm not so ready to just wipe out Arkansas's chances. I mean, I know that is crazy. Oh, yeah, um, you still have... And part of it's, you know, you win three in a row and suddenly you 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 get back into ultra homer mode. And right. we've had two big wins over Mississippi State, who just had a big win over Auburn Saturday. Yeah. And then yeah. we beat LSU. And it was a very similar game Overtime, with LSU right? that Alabama played with LSU. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but... It, it it would it's on the road. I mean, it would literally take Arkansas playing the best game in the history, <laughs> in Alabama not quite being up to par. So that's all I'm going to say on it. I just know I'm we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, all Ole Miss really needs is, and I, all they really need, all they really need is Bama to lose a game, and <laughs> much easier said than done. But yeah, and then who do they? Oh, I mean, I guess they've got Mississippi State. So they got Vanderbilt. Yeah, Mississippi State. The I, egg ball. I just I'm Yeah, they so got Vandy mad. and then the egg ball. I wish we would have had Vander like oh, if we wouldn't have had to have Georgia as our crossover. You guys had a rough year. schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again. You guys um, had a rough schedule. But I'm looking, yeah, Mississippi State. I just again, I believe Ole Miss should beat Mississippi State, but I'm trying to understand what team they have. I'm thinking, oh, they're overrated last week. Arkansas should beat them. Arkansas beats them in a nail-biter, last-second type deal, right. missed field goal. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that wasn't as big of a win, but at least it'll get us in the top 25. The AP poll dissed us, but then the college football CFP, college football playoff put us in. Feeling good about right. that. Then Mississippi State comes in and really like dominates Auburn yesterday. Dude, dominate them. Like, who the is this half, team? They killed them. They but killed then, him, man. It was, just, it was really shocking. Go ahead. No, well, no, I have one ahead. last thing to say on this with, with Ole Miss because, and this maybe just transitions smoothly into the pickums. I'll just kind of go there. So we'll, we'll start week 11. Okay. Let's just get into it. Pickums. My first one is I had A&M minus two and a half. Well, my thought process behind that was this. Ole Miss has really struggled to stop the run. Now, maybe for me, I'm just I'm just getting too hung up on when we played them, the Arkansas Ole Miss game, mm-hmm. when neither team could stop the run. And it was just this shootout that came down to a two-point conversion. So I'm thinking that's AM's strength. It's definitely not their quarterback play. It's their running game. And so I'm going, mm-hmm. okay, Ole Miss has struggled to stop the run. A&M's been playing phenomenal defense since they beat Bama. I mean, they've been playing phenomenal mm-hmm. defense. 
And then that game, Saturday, Ole Miss made A&M look like the A&M of the first four weeks of the season. I mean, right. they were... No, that's true. I get that the score ended up getting closer, but... And I know this is, he lives and dies by this. If Lane Kiffin doesn't leave points on the field, that's an even bigger. That's a bigger gap. That's right. Bigger gap than what the final score shows. Because in my opinion, Ole Miss dominated that game. Um, Oh, yeah. Start to finish. Wasn't close. And so now I'm looking going, okay, this Ole Miss team, like their defense and maybe I just hadn't watched them that much since we played them, but their defense is playing pretty dang good, and you mm-hmm. know their offense is going to put up points. So now I'm looking, right. geez, are they are they going to mess around and end up in the SEC championship for the first time in program history, I believe? I don't think mm-hmm. Ole Miss has ever been to one, um, and Arkansas has been to three in the short time compared to them <laughs> we've been in the conference. <laughs> hadn't won any of them, but whatever. Shout out Tommy Broker. He's definitely going to text me about that statement. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Um, So then we've got uh, NC State plus two. It was the exact kind of game I thought it was going to be. It was the exact kind of game. NC State, Wake Forest. It's just it tipped Wake Forest winning by a field goal rather than NC State winning by the field goal. And I think if you go back and listen to last week, that was my exact – or I'm sorry, when we did the pick on Friday Mm – I think that's what I said. Friday. I went. I I see this being a field goal deciding game that NC State wins. Um, uh, Minnesota plus five. I think I, that was a push. Um, who they? Who did? Well, oh, Iowa. I thought it was yeah, a yeah, decent Iowa. pick. It was a decent pick because Iowa starting quarterback was out. So I actually meant to text you that. I saw that. I was like, oh, oh man, it it could happen. It could. It, I didn't even know that. But it was a good it pick. Didn't. Yeah, it did not. I was just I was just kind of yeah, on the PJ know. Fleck train for that pick and <laughs> figured I'd take the points. They did not. And then I had TCU Oklahoma State over, and I'm I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State covered the over under like themselves uh, in that game. So yes, yes, they did. Yeah, man. For me, man, I went. Um, you know, we'll go from the bottom up. SMU versus UCF. Took that. Uh, that was a win, man. Tanner Mordecai, those guys got back on the horse. Um, they dominated UCF from top to finish. It was good. We're looking to see how they finish the next two games over the season. I took the under this Wisconsin versus Northwestern, under 41. Uh, I missed it by, like, a point. Um, Wisconsin put up, like, 35. Northwestern ended up scoring, like, a touchdown in the last second. So, um, you know, I just – I didn't think – I thought Wisconsin would maybe get 28. But they mm-hmm. they busted, like, a 98-yard run and, you know, whatever. So, you take that. Yeah. I did take Ole Miss over Texas A&M. Feel yes, good about that. My Ole Miss insider guy, um, Ole Miss insider guy told me, man, Ole Miss is going to be full strength on offense. Um, and so you saw it mm. last night. They were full strength. That's what Ole Miss looks like when they're healthy, when they're humming. Yes. Um, and so I, I thought that was going to happen. Lethal. And then, um, man, man, if you're, I go back to what you said. If Kiffin, <laughs> shout out Tommy Brooker again because he texts me during the game when he goes for the fake field goal and he's like, "Why does he freaking do this to us?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, man, if Kiffin wouldn't just take the points sometimes, <clears throat> Ole Miss would." I would go back and look at it, and, I mean, they got dominated by Bama, but I believe it's because they weren't taking points. There was early yeah. points in the game where First drive I think of the game. you take the points. Yeah, you just take the points, man. You take the points. Mm-hmm. You take what you can get. Um, it builds momentum, and so we'll, 
I think that affected them in the end, but I, I, I think they're humming at the right time. Like you said, they only have Vandy next, and then after Vandy, they have the Egg Bowl, uh, which I think is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, so I still think they went out over the next two. And then my last one, I took Michigan versus Penn State on the under 48 and a half. Um, mm. I knew they were in State College, Beaver Stadium. I knew the weather was bad. It was raining for a little bit. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, obviously I'm a Michigan fan and there's going to be Michigan bias. So I'm going to I'm going to take my time to spend on them. I mean, I was in. If you follow me on Twitter, Real B Holmes, I go on me and Tra- I was laughing about our differences of tweeting during our games. Trey doesn't really tweet during his game. I tweet a ton during my games. <laughs> like, I tweet a ton. It's it's an array of motions, man. It's an array. It's ups and downs. It's roller coasters. Um, and so it's funny because so many people know I'm a Michigan fan. I get texts always during the game. And so, you know, when I said it during my tweets, I've said it every week. If you let Michigan has this problem with letting teams hang around, and that's when we collapse in the Jim Harbaugh era. And we did. If you watch that game – we outside of the first quarter, which they had to go for a fake punt, then they went for a fake field goal. Like they were pulling all the stop. Give it up to James Franklin. He was he was coaching to win. Um mm. but outside of that, Michigan just really dominated the football game in my opinion. They did How many exactly sacks what Harbaugh wants to do. Seven. Um God. Aiden Hutchinson I, is should be getting he should beast. get invited to the Heisman trophy. He is mm. he is going to he's a Consensus All-American this year. Mm. He's going to be, I think, on Mel Kuyper's big board, the number three pick right now. Um, only guy he's behind is the guy out of um, out of out of Oregon who hasn't played much. Oh, um, Thibodeau or whatever. And, yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah, Aiden is a beast. But then on the other side, man, David mm-hmm. Ojabo. Cool story, man. The guy who was born in Nigeria moves to Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. Ends up coming to New Jersey to the Blair Academy to play like basketball or something like that and mm-hmm. picks up football like three years ago. Mm. The kid is leading, I think, the Big Ten in sacks right now. He's had such a big year. Mel Kuyper put him this past week as the number 10 pick coming out of this year's draft. 6'5", 255 pounds. The kid is a freak. I think right now, and this isn't biased, I think Michigan has the the best bookends in the country right now at defensive mm-hmm. end between Ajabo and, and Hutchison because Ajabo has 10 and a half. His ten and a half, eleven sacks, I think. So, Jeez. anyways, I just I didn't think it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be a road grinder. And shout out to Michigan, they did what they were supposed to do. They won, um, how they were supposed to win. D- dare I say this, Trey? And then we can move on to our, our other segments. Dare, dare I say this? Dare I say this? Now I'm still salty about the Michigan State loss because I've watched them play ever since. And we, mm. if we don't get robbed of that touchdown at the end of the half, I believe we win that game. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, whatever. It's a loss. Mm. We have to take it. But I've watched Ohio State. They're very vulnerable on the defensive side of the ball. It gets the deficiency gets masked because you have video game numbers on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But but here's my caveat. CJ Stroud, I don't love him. And I've said that since week zero. I don't mm-hmm. love that kid. I don't I don't think he's bad. I think he's a fre- he's a freshman, so he's still young. I think this. I'm not saying we're going to win the game. I'm not saying we're going to win the game. I'm saying this, though. I think the game will be more competitive. I think, though, this. Michigan has the real chance to win this year out of any year because of this one reason. You have the two best, two, you have the best defensive end duo in the country right now. 
between Aiden and Nojabo, you got almost 20 sacks. Mm-hmm. Then Hassan Haskins, as a running back, the dude ran for 109 yards in the second half yesterday. Mm. That team's gaining momentum. They're running the football hard. And that's playing right into Jim Harbaugh's hands and Ohio State's weakness. I can see if in the game Michigan can play ball control and get a couple sacks or make one big play on defense. They got to make that one big play. I think they can walk away with that game. They have enough pieces everywhere. Cade McNamara has only taken three sacks this year. He's only thrown two interceptions all year. Mm. He's cool. We got we got the we got enough speed on that. We don't have Ohio State speed, but we have enough speed on the outside. And then you got Blake Corum coming back off the injury because he's probably gonna sit down next week. I mm. I'm not saying we'll win, but I think this might be the best team that has the opportunity to yeah. knock Ohio State off their high horse. Um, so that's I'm not claiming. Where is that it, game? Where is that game be being played? It's and it's at the Big House. Okay. Yeah. It's at it's at home. The momentum's rolling. These kids have come back down twice from being down in the fourth quarter and scored on a game-winning drive. Mm. In tough environments at Nebraska and at Penn State, they believe, and we know momentum is everything in college football. Believe it's something about this team that believes that they're that good. Um, right. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But anyways, I got that Michigan and PSU under forty-eight and a half. Well, B. Holmes, go ahead and do your surprise because my my last surprise like perfectly leads into my first disappointment. So I'm just going to go okay. back to back on surprise, disappointment, overrated. So go ahead and do your surprise. Tell us what gotcha. was your so biggest my, surprise from the weekend? My biggest surprise for the weekend, it was it was tied. It was tied. So I'm, I'm going to mix them because they kind of both hand in hand. Oh, you in Texas. This is why my biggest surprise. I text you when Texas lost the game last night. They mm-hmm. had not lost since 2008. 2008. Bro, we're talking, I don't know, 13 years now. You have not lost that you gave that up. I am so shocked at how bad Stark has this team just finishing games. I am so surprised. All this money, you get rid of Herman, who was okay. He's not a lead. But he was okay to go to this guy who I don't think really had a lot of proven leadership, right? So I, I'm really shocked at how abysmal Texas looks in the second half. It just mm. It's like clockwork. It's like Tebow time in reverse. You remember when Tebow used to be like down and then he hits the switch and Florida comes on? It's like yes. Texas is up and then they hit the switch and they just go downhill. And it's like at this point, it's psychological, like, as a former athlete, oh, yeah. not a football player, but track and field is all mental. The moment you're gone here, it's over. And I think that's where those kids are. They get into the, here we go again, here we go again. And as you start doing that, the pieces fall. Now, the other thing that was my biggest surprise this weekend, and I think it's funny, if you remember in week one or week two in Norman, the OU crowd is, we want Caleb. Mm-hmm. We want Caleb. Yep. They did it for weeks. Lincoln pulls the he pulls the trigger, brings in Caleb. We have the best Red River shootout we've probably seen in a long time. It was a great game. He's balled out the next week against uh, West Virginia. 
saved the game with the miraculous play against KU. But then all of a sudden, playing Baylor yesterday, what do you hear from these OU fans? Mm. We want Spencer. (laughs) We want Spencer. And so my biggest surprise is, man, how finicky, and it's not just OU fans, it's all fans, but how finicky OU is. Mm. It's, I think that move that, that Riley pulled yesterday that surprised me lost the locker room. Caleb Williams is the heartbeat of that team. I've watched him play. I've watched him play a couple times. That team goes as he goes. And in that moment, I get you trying to find an offensive spark, but you're pulling off the guy who gave you that spark midway through the season. And mm. it, it was surprising to me because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, are you willing to risk the shakiness of your true freshman quarterback's confidence and not letting him ride through a hard game? Because as a quarterback, you're going to have a hard game. Um what did that like? I'm th- I'm I'm so surprised that he did that because I'm like, what are you communicating to your team at that point? Like, you mm. made the big pool. We understand Spencer had to go, Caleb had to play, and Caleb for the most part has saved your season. He saved it. Yeah, he saved it. Um, and so you were willing to like not ride it out because the kid's dynamic. And and when I saw him pull him out for Spencer for that series or two, I was like, I don't know if I agree with that because Caleb Williams has that type of dynamic talent that. Man, one scramble could have changed the game for him. You know, we've right. seen him get hot. He's he's right. played slow, and then one play, it's like he gets the moxie. He get he just needed that confidence play, and so that was really surprising to me that he went back to Spencer. Um, and I think that kind of just discombobulated any attempt at a return. So that was really my biggest surprise this weekend, honestly. Well, you kind of hit on some things, obviously, that I as well was gonna. Uh, get into and I'm still going to because it's it's a little bit different from what your perspective was but my first surprise I want to bring this back in because we were talking about them early on at the beginning of the podcast and at the beginning of the season um, and kind of haven't for the past several weeks and that's Jackson State so I don't know if you happen to catch any of that I ended up I was kind of following it lightly through the updates but then they actually had the replay of it late last night and by the time I finished everything I had to do um with our SI stuff it was super late and I was wired and so I started watching it and you know that game uh Southern almost won and they were up two possessions with like five minutes remaining in the game and Shador Sanders led two touchdown drives um, for a comeback win, and I think they ended up beating them 21-17. And then to seal mm-hmm. the game, Shiloh Sanders had an interception on fourth down, which was kind of like Southern's last. It They had time, so it wasn't like it was just a Hail Mary, but um, it was a play that, you know, had they converted, they would have had a chance to continue going down to win, and Shiloh Sanders picked it off to yeah. seal the win. So. They're uh, 9-1 and one now. They've got one game left, and uh, they've already – Yep, and they've sealed a, uh, their, their division, so they'll play in the SWAC championship. And then I think one of the big talking points that's coming up, I know even Coach Prime is bringing up, even though he's, he's kind of been out. He was actually on the sidelines in his wheelchair with uh, – if you hadn't been yeah, following that, that, he had a pretty big surgery on his foot. And I, I think what I think happened was he tried to come back too soon and then something mm-hmm. more severe surfaced. I don't want to sit here and say what or it was or wasn't. I know what I think it was, just knowing what that type of mm-hmm. – coming back from that type of surgery could potentially do. But 
Um, so he was back in the hospital, but it was good. He was on the sidelines in his wheelchair. There was a pretty cool video of him and uh, Shador embracing after the game. Shiloh. It was kind of this cool, Shador, like, yeah. coach quarterback moment, but then, like, father-son moment. So, anyways, they, uh, they're, they have an obligation to play in the – is it the Celebration Bowl, which – negates them from being able to play in the FCS playoff. And so I'm curious to see now oh. with Dion being over there, how how that may or may not change with the noise that he's making. And because people are going, well, hold up. You put this team in the FCS playoff, like That's they've got the money. potential to go make some noise. Well, and they got the potential to like go make mm-hmm. some noise there. Um but yeah. hey, they're they're on track. I mean, they could potentially Finished the season twelve and one in his first full season, and then there's a there there is some smoke around him being at the TCU. top of TCU's shortlist. I don't see it happening, but man, me neither. I would love it, not from the sake of oh, pull him away from everything he's trying to do and build for the HBCUs, but just from a, I would love to see that dude one back in Texas and two in a power five conference, because I think Mm -hmm. he would do the same thing as far as changing the game up that he's doing where he's at right now. And anyways, but I doubt it happens. I think he's too invested where he's at. I think he's just, he's built too much of a platform. Yeah. We talked about this. Remember we said this was a purpose move for him. And he's very committed to purpose. I think he's committed to this, not to cut you off. I think he's committed to this part here, though. I think he's committed to getting Jackson State into a into a um, into FBS. I think he's committed Mm. to it. I think that's his goal. He's made comments about it before when the Big Twelve was restructuring. Like, give us a call. Like, I don't know if you ever saw a couple weeks ago when they played the classic. He posted the graphic of his attendance. Versus like a bunch of other schools that were FBS mm-hmm. schools and how Jackson State had a, an attendance of 55,000, which is it's a sold out crowd for them with 55,000. Mm-hmm. So I think he's committed to getting Jackson State to FBS level at some some way, shape or form. I think that's the move for him. Well, and I, I agree. I also know that Prime likes his money, too. And TCU's got a lot of it. Um, more than what most people might think. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And not not saying that you can buy him out of his purpose, but I'm just saying, like, you can still fulfill a special purpose, you know, at TCU Mm -hmm. and make (laughs) multi-millions more. Make a whole Um, lot more money. (laughs) But I agree. I don't think he's leaving. I think that – I think even before the FBS, I think he would like to just get them to where they can compete for an FCS national championship. Like, let us in the playoff. Mm -hmm. Let us, you know – um, so next surprise, I, I'm going to shout out my hogs beating LSU. I, I really, yes, I know we should have won cause we were the ranked team and LSU's just been abysmal this year. Then been a roller coaster, but we've said it since they've been in this stretch, depending on who shows up for LSU, like they've got the dudes and mm-hmm. I knew we were going to struggle up front, which we did, but we found a way to win. Found a way to win in overtime. Mm. Got a big kick. Uh, well, Monarch Brown, a defensive back from Ashdown, Arkansas, had a huge interception in the end zone in uh, for LSU's first possession of overtime. And then we were able to convert that into a game-winning field goal. But my surprise is this. Arkansas, at the tail end of Bielema through Chad Morris, I think won... 
a total of eight games. Okay. Oh wow. And Pittman now in just his second year, you know, we could realistically finish eight and four going into a bowl game looking to go nine and four. Mm -hmm. You know, say we get blown out by Alabama, but we got Mizzou to, to end the season, and that's a winnable yeah. game. Now, it's a winnable it game for us every year, but we can't ever seem to win it. But I do feel good this year that, like, we've got them at home. I think we take care of business. I think we finish 8-4, and four, get a quality bowl game, and have a chance to win nine games for the first time since 2011. Bielema never, wow. Bielema never won more than eight games in a season, and he did that once. Mm. And so you look at his era combined with Morris's era, and I just I think what Pittman's been able to do for our program in in just his second year uh, is pretty amazing, and it's been it's been fun to watch as a fan. Um, and then I've got my last surprise, similar to yours, was the Kansas Jayhawks. They got that cat from Buffalo. Uh, who had a lot of success as the head coach up at Buffalo. He's come in. I think he's in his first year at mm -hmm. Kansas. Um, and and what a what a statement win. But at the same time, you go, is it a statement win when you look at the you know how much in shambles Texas is? And that's really what gets Kansas into my first disappointment. <laughs> my first disappointment is Texas. Okay, and here's my take on this. It, it is very similar right now. Like I am having flashbacks to when Arkansas hired Chad Morris. And his first season was just abysmal. It was awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, hitting lows lower than, you know, Sark losing to Kansas because at least Kansas is a conference power five opponent. But watching the fan reaction is almost identical to what Arkansas's fan base did. Half of the fan base was going, it's just his first year. Bielema will ruin the program. He's got to come in and rebuild it from the ground up. He deserves a second year. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had the other half going, this guy ain't it. Like, this guy ain't it. We need to, we need to cut our losses now, get rid of him, and bring someone yeah. in here that can, can turn this thing around for real. And I'm seeing the same thing with Texas, is you've got fans going, oh, Tom Herman destroyed the program. Tom Herman destroyed the program, which is crazy to me because Tom Herman won the Sugar that. Bowl. He won the Sugar Bowl. Like, right. I'm not saying he's this genius coach that was going to take Texas to national right. prominence, but how do you say he destroyed the program? Look at Texas's recruiting, and this is what drives me crazy about Texas fans, is that they recruit well every single year. Every year. Every year of the Charlie Strong yeah. era, every year of the Tom Herman era, and right now of the Sarkeesian era. That, to me, the issue with Texas is not the head coach. There are some bigger problems with that program that are far and above the program, which I've talked mm -hmm. about either on this podcast or on one of our fish report videos. And the bottom line is, is until that stuff gets situated, whether it's the boosters, whether it's the administration, whatever it is that is either too hands on or not hands on enough with that program, you're just going to continue to get a rinse and repeat every single year. And yeah. I, I'm concerned, though, that maybe Sarkeesian's not like the savior everybody thinks he is. You should not lose to Kansas, bottom line. Never. And in hindsight Never. with Chad Morris, I was one of the guys 
in Chad Morris's first year going, no, he, he, needs, he needs to get his guys in there. He needs to get his guys in there. And then his second season when he lost to like, I think it was San Jose State, I'm going, oh my goodness, okay. I can't keep defending <laughs> it. I'm out. And there were yeah. just some things that, that were happening where he had just lost the locker room. And Anyways, but then you bring in a guy like Pittman who – Already in his second year, which is this is really like his first season. I mean, he because he had COVID, 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 and then you had to play a ten game conference schedule. I mean, but even at the preseason of this season, Arkansas had the toughest schedule in the mm-hmm. nation for the second year in a row. Yep. And after ten games into the yep. season, we're seven and three. Like that's that's crazy to me. Um, but I I I don't know. I think that. I don't know if Sarkeesian's the guy for Texas, but I also don't think that like just going and finding a new head coach is what's going to solve their problems. I think there's some much deeper problems over there, um, and I think Charlie Strong was a victim of it. I think that uh, uh, Tom Herman was a victim of it, and I think now we're seeing early on in Sarkeesian's tenure that he's becoming a victim of it, and I don't know. I, I'm not a big like Texas fan, so I'm I'm indifferent. But my goodness, mm. they just lost to Kansas. Can, I think that was the first time Kansas had ever beat Texas at in Austin. Like in mm-hmm. the last time Texas lost to Kansas, their head coach was fired. I think at the end of the season, and that was Charlie Strong. This is the first time since the '50s Texas has lost five games in a row. I mean it. Something's got to change, and I'm not so sure that it's the head coach change that's going to fix their problems. I think there's some other things going on, but anyway, so that's my take on that. And then obviously OU was a disappointment, but you already hit on that. And then my other one I want to give, it's more of a shout-out to the team that upset them, and that's my disappointment was Iowa State. I'm never going to miss an opportunity to talk about Iowa State when they do something disappointing. <laughs> but, hey, how about the Texas Tech Red Raiders, man? Um, hired their new hey. head coach. He's not coaching yet, right? Cumbie uh, is the interim he's and is going to finish the season. Off, though. But he's recruiting his behind off. He's, he's winning the he's press conference. Off. Here's my quick hot take on, on Coach McGuire. I think he's the perfect hire for Texas Tech. Where I think, because mm-hmm. where I think he he will rise or fall, and you could really say this about any head coach, but I look at like someone like Chad Morris, who I felt was the perfect hire for Arkansas when he got hired. As and you know, it's revisionist mm-hmm. history. I consider an act like, oh, I knew that. No, I did not. I did not. The guy that went four and twenty and did not win a conference game over two years, I felt like when he was hired was going to be the perfect fit for our program. I did. I thought his Texas ties, I thought his energy, I thought his attitude, I thought his his how he commanded himself or presented himself and all those things. Where I think he ultimately went wrong, and you can you, there's a lot of different things people have to say about what went wrong with him. But for me, it came down to the staff he surrounded himself with. And cuz the mm. dude could recruit. You can't take that away from him. He he got some he got some strong recruit uh well, the one he was there for, the one full cycle he was there for was one of the best recruiting classes in uh, Arkansas history. But where he he in my opinion shot himself in the foot with that job was who he surrounded himself with. And so I think someone like coach mm-hmm. McGuire who's very similar 
He's got deep Texas ties, had tremendous success as a Texas high school football coach and as a assistant at the Power Five level. Allow yourself to stay in your lane, be the culture builder, which everyone knows Coach McGuire is, and then just go find some great assistant coaches. Um Mm-hmm. And now, granted, when you're at Texas Tech, you're not having to scheme week in, week out against Nick Saban. And, um, you know, uh, I guess that was also LSU more. when they had their dream season. <laughs> right. Auburn was rolling with uh, Gus Malzahn, one of those seasons in there. Um, Georgia was, was, well, I guess we never really had to play Georgia during the Chad Morris. And he lost games we should have never. So I'm not trying to make the direct comparison. I'm just saying they both have similar mm-hmm. um, backgrounds. And now that McGuire is in a position to, you know, really change a culture and, 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 and really possibly get Texas Tech back to where they haven't been since Mike Leach was there. And I think he's the guy that can do it. I just think that uh, he's going he's gonna to have to surround himself with some real quality coaches. I wouldn't be shocked if he brings in a couple other high school Texas coaches, uh, Texas high school coaches on his staff. I think mm. that would be a wise move. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. I would love to see a guy like Joe McBride go be like his his linebackers coach or, or D-line uh, coach or whatever McBride, because man. I would love it. And McBride's a tech guy. He's he's kind of a legend in the state of Texas, and that dude is just a great he's coach. He's um, But anyway, so he is. I, shout out to Texas Tech, man. Big win over Iowa State. They just lost their head coach. They hired a new one. They got Sonny Cumbie, who's – filling in as interim and come has even said i'd love to stay as the offensive coordinator so he's coaching with some juice right now because oh, awesome. he'd love to stay and i, I don't think that would be a bad yeah. move i don't think that I think it would um, be a great move i think it would be too i think you bring in mcguire's energy and in the passion and the in the culture he's going to usher in and you allow Cumbie to keep running his scheme and then you bring in like some high quality defensive coaches watch out mm-hmm. tech might be making some noise in the big 12 in a couple years um especially after OU and Texas leave. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so that's all I got. I mean, B Holmes. Yeah. We're at the true minute drill and here's what's crazy. I'm just going to kind of let everybody know. We do not have a planned true minute this week. We were talking about it kind of over the weekend. We were talking about it even before we hit record. And I said, let's just see if somewhere in the episode something hits us. And I have an idea. I'm going to I'm going to throw off of you right here live as we're as we're recording okay. this thing. It's been a crazy two months, not, not even just of college football, but just of us in this new journey of podcasting. And then, oh, you know, yeah. d- from that to doing videos for the fan what, nation to writing yeah. <laughs> articles for, you know, these team sites, whether it's the Grove Report, whether it's allhogs.com, whether it's Longhorn Country, all Aggies. I mean, just with now on Fish Reports, YouTube, like... What if we just sound off on that? Like the last the last two and a half months, I guess it's been. Let's see, October. Yeah, I mean two and a half months now because we started week zero. Yeah, we did. You got one minute to it. just talk about how's this last? Everything. Yes. How the ride's right. been so far? All right, cool, let, man. Yeah, let's roll. Let me get the clock set here. And if last you've been thing listening, we get the clock set, man. I want, I want to say this, though. I forgot to mention this in my disappointment. 
how in the world did Arkansas let Gary Buchanan, Buchanan, whatever his name is, get out of Arkansas and go to Baylor? Bohannon, you okay? Do you, yeah. I have the answer to that? Yes. Yeah, like how did how did that happen? That okay, so here's Earl what, Arkansas. Yes, Earl <laughs> Arkansas. He was the uh, so it was came down to him and Connor Noland were the two top quarterbacks in the state. Now Connor Nolan ends up just going. He's a straight baseball now. Um, okay, he throws like ninety plus from the mound, but they were both being recruited. So Brett Bielema. And everyone kind of knows the Brett Bielema offense, especially when he was at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Arkansas. It didn't really lend itself at all to a dynamic dual threat type quarterback, right? It was more of a pro style, traditional drop back. We're going to line up, we're going to pound the rock, and then we're going to do play action and, and, and try to hit you with a big play over the top here and there. So at the time, the quarterbacks that Bielema had were like Brandon Allen, Austin Allen, shout out Brandon Allen, who's still currently in the league right now uh, as a backup um, who had a phenomenal senior year at Arkansas. And then Austin Allen had a really good junior year. And then I think his senior year, he just got annihilated because they couldn't protect him. Well, they ended up offering Connor Nolan, got the commitment, and they just never recruited Bohannon. They just didn't recruit him. So Morris hmm. gets the job in December, and Bohannon is going to be an early enrollee. And... Baylor's been on him hard, right? Like mm. Matt Rule has been on him. Was rec- mm. Matt Rule was his recruiter too? I mean, that there's one another. Thing. Oh, okay, that's that's a big part. Yeah. So Matt Rule's recruiting him, and the rumor is Chad Morris was trying to like do a last second like savior, like come come coach come or come come be here at Arkansas, and I think it had something to do with Noland also being a take. And there, I don't want to get in and start saying rumors because I don't know if any of it was fact. But the bottom yeah. line was by the time Arkansas really started recruiting him heavy, which was Chad Morris for about a week and a half before the early signing period, gotcha. um, he was long gone to Baylor. And, and nobody could blame him. It wasn't one of those deals where like the right. state of Arkansas was like, he's a traitor. He, no, I mean, it was kind of like, we didn't recruit him. Bielema did not recruit mm-hmm. the guy. And... um. And he went to Baylor, and now you look at what he's doing. I'm happy to. I'm all for it. I love seeing him uh, do what he's doing. And, and slide. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll also say this. I'll also say this. Now where we're at, I like our quarterback situation better. So oh, yeah, I'll, take, nice. I'll take KJ over him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So, and you can disagree with me. Anyone can, that's fine. But like KJ's my guy, dude. I mean, he's, he's shown yeah. he's a freaking warrior this year. And, um, I think the future is bright for him. So, all right. True minute. Awesome. Last two and a half months. If you've been from the beginning, we go start on the whistle end on the buzzer. B Holmes, you're up first. I got the clock ready. Here we go. I think if I can sum up the last two and a half months into just a minute is to um, everything works together for your purpose and for your good. A lot of you guys might not know our backstory or know my backstory is, man, I've spent the last 12 years working full time in ministry. I've been on missions trips. I've spoken on stages. I've been on cameras. I've spoken in small groups and all these other things, all that have prepared me for, I believe, this one moment on this podcast. Um, It allowed me to articulate my thoughts. It's allowed me to put together great pieces. It's allowed me to feel comfortable in front of a microphone. So I'll say all that to say to say this to people as a motivational piece. Everything you're going through is for a reason. 
season. It's ultimately for the next step. Everything that I experienced in the last 12 years, I believe, has been for this moment and the things that are coming behind it. So no season is wasted. No opportunity is wasted as long as you don't waste it. And if you take advantage of it, you'll be prepared for when the moment comes. Because when the moment came, because of my past, because of my history, because of what I've been doing for the last 12 years, I was fully prepared for what was ready and in front of me. And so take advantage of where you're at. Don't look down on it, but embrace what comes with each season because that season is preparing you for the rest of your life. And that's that's how I feel about what's going on in the last months. I had to let you I, I I let you go over because you were just killing it. I was I was like, I can't I can't hit the buzzer. I can't hit the <laughs> oh, buzzer man. on this. I was like, where and you know, because I'm on stage, obviously for the last 12 years, I know a minute in my head. And I was like, man, this feels longer than a minute. The longest minute, minute ever. Like, I, yeah, I'm like, because you get, you know, you know how it is. You have an internal clock. You're like, okay, I kind of got an idea where a minute finishes. So I'm like, why isn't the buzzer going off? And I was like, all right, man, I guess, guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. Guess not. Yep. Oh, oh man. So, okay, let me get mine going. That was good stuff. Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. Man, so for me, this is crazy because just got this idea. You've already alluded to our background, kind of what our, you know, what we cut our teeth on. Whereas you've been in ministry mm-hmm. the last 10, 12 years. I've, I, I shifted from working in student ministry to working in public education and have had just a tremendous journey there from a teacher and a coach to an assistant principal to a principal to now in a central administrator. Um, and it's just been a heck of a journey. And now here we are where something we started out, it was just for fun, just for kicks, just to see, hey, let's just let's just enjoy it and do something we've always talked about doing. And then all of a sudden, like Mike Fisher's calling us. And then all of a sudden, right. we're making videos for these Sports Illustrated sites. And then all of a sudden, we're writing articles. And that's, for me, I think when you're doing something you're supposed to be doing, even though it starts to get hard and even though it starts to become a grind, don't give up. I'll say this right here because this is what I was thinking about this morning. And we normally don't do this on this podcast, but don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season, you will reap a harvest. And I'm talking to myself when I say that, that comes straight out of the good book. It's Galatians 6, 9. If that is, whether that is or isn't your cup of tea, bottom line is it's a life principle that's applicable to anyone and everyone in all walks of life. Don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season, you will reap a harvest. And there's the buzzer. That's it. I went over as well. Um, be home. It's the student ministry in us, man. We don't know how to stay within time ever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to stay in time ever. Actually, Some people I'm gonna be like, so wait, these guys were youth time. pastors? What? Hold up. Right, wait. right. I kinda like the Listen. little inspirational true minute drill. We may need to like keep we need to bring some of those keep, back, man. Yeah, keep that. I going, like those. So I like those. I like those. Well, guys, you know what it is. Hey, before you leave, before you check out, make sure you follow us on our social medias, man. Twitter, I'm at Real B Holmes. Trey's at It's Trey Smith. You can right follow there. us on IG, our, uh, the same thing. But on IG and TikTok, follow Blue Bloods College Game Time. That's Blue Blood CGT at Blue yes. Blood CGT. I'm working up on some ideas how we're going to enhance our social media page and kind of bring some life to that. But most importantly, guys, Subscribe to Fish Sports if you aren't already. Yes, Uncle Fish, sir. man, has shown us so much love. I think yes. a principle for me and Trey has always been honor, man. So mm. we honor those, man, who just truly, I mean, whether you look out for us or not, it's whatever. But 
to, I want to honor Uncle Fish, man, who's just, really, he don't know us from Tom or Dill down the street and just kind of gave these two young guys, like, yeah. we're hungry for it and said, hey, man, we I like you. Let, let me throw you up there. So go subscribe to Fish Sports. I mean, if you like the Cowboys, he has stuff there. They got some stuff with SMU. Got a bunch. There's a bunch of stuff going on at Fish Sports. So, man, hit the subscribe button. And, um, man, we love you. So, hey. And I'll say this real quick. the victims. Be Holmes. Oh, yes. Hey, hey before you hit them with the, the closing tagline, I, I do want to say this mm-hmm. because I'm like most people who are probably either listening or watching this right now where – your, your only exposure to Mike Fisher is you listen to him on 105.3 The Fan or you watch his fish reports on YouTube or you follow his Twitter uh, his Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Or like I used to like I and to this day, I eat up the Dallas uh, basketball dot com, which is the Maverick Sports Illustrated page that used to not even be on Sports Illustrated, it used to be on another platform. And I've been following his <laughs> his stuff since then. And like, I'll just say this as someone who has just always been a fan and, and followed his coverage. He's the most like down to earth dude. Yeah. Like he has every right to be Mr. Big Shot, especially with like me and you. I mean, he, who, who are we to him? He's been nothing but helpful. He's been nothing but trying to help us grow our platform and teach us how to, even if it's just how to tag something for Google, even if it's just how to like word something. And so shout out Uncle Fish. I'm not trying to be all up over his, you know, all on his jock no, or anything man. like that. But honor, but you man. you use the word honor and like, it's true. We're on his channel. If you're watching this full episode from his channel, I mean, we're just like you, man. We're just two sports fans, two particularly college sports fans. I've always been a fan yeah. of Mike Fisher and following his coverage of the Cowboys Mavericks and listening to what he has to say on the radio. And now here we are. So um, that's all I got. Yeah, we got love for him. Hey, I haven't even met Mike. I haven't even met Uncle Fish in person. So that just shows you what kind of guy he is, man. So we're thankful. But, guys, we love you. Enjoy the week, man. We have two more weeks of college football. But college basketball is here, baby. Yes. So stay tuned. We got yes. a, a, so yes. much yes. going on with college basketball. We won't stop. We're picking up steam. We're rolling hard. So, hey, enjoy your wins this week. Soak in your losses. And enjoy the rest of your week. Until next week, guys. Oh, Look up for, we're dropping content this week. We know we didn't last week, but we're going to drop content this week. Tuesday. Yes, we are. Tuesday, college football planking results. All right, we're out. We out. Peace. 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 I love college. Hey. College football.